Hey everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have Joyce Meyer again. I know I just had her on the show not too long ago, but this message really is timely, I believe, um, because it's talking about pride. And basically, a lot of times we think that our motives are pure. We think that we're putting God first. We think that we're doing all these things for Jesus, but really we're doing it for ourselves. And because we want to be successful and because we want to grow our ministry or our name or whatever it might be. But the great thing is, and this is something I've learned over time, is that even if our motives aren't always pure, which honestly, for the most part, they're not, um, God God corrects us and he, and he doesn't do it in a way that's like, you're awful and you're horrible. He, he corrects us. And, but you know, the thing is, if we continue in our pride and we continue to build our kingdoms, God won't allow them to last because they can't. The Bible clearly says, you know, in John 15, that if we're not in the vine, they, no, apart from him, we can do nothing. So we've got to have this so-called, you know, dance, so to speak, of us working with God and, and knowing that it's God who does all of the heavy lifting. We just kind of are up there partnering with him and, and doing what he says, but we cannot get prideful to where we're building our own kingdom. We've got to be building the kingdom of God. Here's Joyce. I don't know about you, but I think most of us, if we were really gut level honest, we would have to say that when we first start, first start wanting to be used by God, our motives are not all that stellar. I had been abused by my dad, and so I was very insecure. And to be honest, although I had a call on my life, part of me wanted to do it because I felt like I was being called to do it, but part of it wanted me to do it because I just wanted to be successful at something so I could feel good about myself. I can't stand here and tell you that day one, all I wanted to do was help other people. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be in leadership. I wanted to be one of the important people at my church. I wanted to have my name on a seat. I wanted to have an office with my name on the door. And I wanted all of those things for the wrong reasons. Now that didn't mean I wasn't called, but it did mean that God had to do a work of purification in my life to get me to the point where, every, where everything I was doing was being done, number one, in obedience to him, and number two, to help people. And that takes a while. How many of you know what I mean when I'm talking about motives? Let me, let me just give you a homework assignment. I'll never know if you did it or not, but just pretend like you're going to. <laughs> Sometime when this is over and you have some quiet time at home, write down everything that you spend your time doing and then go back and ask yourself why you're doing it. Everybody gets quiet at this point. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing how quiet people get when you start talking about motives. You know why? Our motives are not what we're doing. It's why we're doing what we're doing. And guess what? That's the only part God cares about. He's not impressed by our big ministries or our friends on Facebook or this or that or anything else. The only thing he's concerned about is why are you doing what you're doing. And you know, 1 Corinthians 3.13 says that the work of each one of us will become plainly and openly known, shown for what it is, for the day of Christ will disclose and declare it because it will be revealed with fire 
and the fire will test and critically appraise the character and the worth of the work that each person has done. And it goes on to say that if what we've done is a pure work, we'll get our reward. And if not, all the works will be burned up, even though we ourselves will still be saved. I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to spend my life with some misconceived, deceptive idea that I'm doing everything I'm doing for God when really a lot of it is just for myself. I read this the other day and I thought this was a great statement. The biggest thing to be afraid of is not failure. The biggest thing to be afraid of is that we will succeed at something that's useless. I think we could say that again, right? The biggest thing to be afraid of is not failure. The biggest thing to be afraid of is that we might succeed at something useless. I just wrote a book released at last fall called Seize the Day. And in that book, I tried to share with people how important it is to live your life on purpose for a purpose. I don't think any of us can realize how valuable time is until you get old enough in life to where you're not having too much of it left. You think totally differently when you're 20 and 30 and 40 and even 50 and 60. And I can tell you when I was in my 60s, I realized one day two-thirds of my life was over. Even if I lived to be in my mid-90s, two-thirds of it was over. And I only had about a third left. And I tell you, I really have a passion to tell people, don't waste your life. And don't waste your time. And one of the ways that we can waste our lives is doing things that really are not important to God just to try to impress people. Amen? Now, I know that talking about motives gets people kind of somber, so we'll go on and talk about something else now. <laughs> Thank you. During that period of time, we also have the privilege of having a lot of humility worked into our lives. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, but I can tell you that if you don't humble yourself, God will do it for you. And it's much more painful when he does it than if we go ahead and do it. I don't know if you're willing to admit it or not, but I think most of us when we start are pretty full of ourselves. <laughs> Anybody? Come on, don't look so innocent. I'm here. I've only been a month since I had my hips sawed in half. I'm here to help you, so look like you're being helped. See, I like to get into the deeper stuff because I just don't think we've got a lot of time to mess around. Amen? Nebuchadnezzar the king, Daniel 4, 1 through 4. This is such a good story. Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all the people, nations, and languages that dwell on all the earth, may peace be multiplied to you. Verse 2. It seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed toward me. Now, I want you to notice that in the beginning of this chapter, he's given God all the credit. Look what God's done. 
How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. And I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and prospering in my palace. You see, as long as we're giving God the credit, we have rest and we have peace. Now, I don't know what happened to poor Nebuchadnezzar, but somehow in 26 verses, he fell completely apart. And I don't really know how long 26 verses takes in the Bible, but it didn't take me very long to read it. And by the time we get around to verse 30, the king said, is not this the great Babylon that I have built as the royal residence in the seat of government by the might of my power and for the honor and the glory of my majesty? <laughs> wow. You see, success can be dangerous. Yes, I said success can be dangerous. Because there's always a danger that we might begin to think that we actually had something to do with it. Or even worse than that. And I think God hates this the most. We might begin to think that we're actually better than other people. And then if we're not very careful, we'll begin to mistreat other people that we don't think are quite as important as we are. We're not very useful to God if we don't beg Him to work in our lives to keep us humble. No matter, and nothing hurts worse than having God deal with your pride. I used to have a series on my table called Pride and Humility. I finally realized that nobody was going to buy that. So I have gotten very good at hiding my messages under other titles. How to succeed with God. Five ways to find promotion. And I do that, I really do. While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. Let me tell you something. It takes a lot longer to build something up than it does for God to tear it down. We all beg God for big things. I did. And I love to share this with the people that are in leadership. I remember when the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, I just want you to remember that however many people you can help, that's exactly how many you can hurt. That's why leadership is such a huge responsibility. Not just a privilege, but a responsibility. Because people watch everything you do. That was Joyce Meyer, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under, Do You Want Success or God? Joyce Meyer, Praise on TBN. You can also find out more information at JoyceMeyer.com as well as TBN.com. I hope that you have a great day today and that you take some time and just seek after God and let Him show you, Lord, what are my motives? Am I prideful in this? Am I doing this for you? or to build my kingdom. Hope you have a great day. Remember to go live your 320 life.